ready for the interview. And if you get a cue live on a laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto, doctor, D, PhD, hit the intro. Hold up, wait, gotta be social. Network, global, a home for the local. Gotta be social. Network, global, a home for the local. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LayeredSuperfood.com and add nourishing, plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code DRD at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. Is your dog on the Nom Nom food plan? My dog Aries is definitely on the Nom Nom food plan. He loves it when I get a nom nom package out the fridge. In fact, it's it's funny to watch him because uh, his eyes light up. He gets really serious, like straight like an arrow. Uh, he literally loves his food. It makes me laugh. Uh, nom nom's food is full of fresh proteins your dog loves, the vitamins and nutrients they need to thrive. You can actually see proteins and vegetables, beef, chicken, pork, peas, carrots, kale, and more. Um, you just tell them about your pup, age, breed, weight, allergies, protein preferences. They'll tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals, send them straight to you, store the meals in the freezer till it's mealtime. And they'll give you specific instructions on how to transition your dog from foods like kibble to always fresh Nom Nom. So isn't it time to feel good about the food you're feeding your dog? Order Nom Nom today. Go to the referral link, which is in the show notes and get 50% off your first order plus free shipping. Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. That means if your dog doesn't love fresh, delicious meals, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. All right, here we go. It's time to talk about the 80s here with Katie. How are you doing, Katie? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. You know, before we got on, Katie and I were talking about uh, Colorado because I'm moving there and you're there. I currently. am. In Denver, right? Is it Denver your area? Where yes, are you? Yes, I'm in Denver. Denver. And we. it is nice and sunny right now. Come on now. I need that in my life. I need that in my life. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. How long have you been in Denver? Uh, since 2015, so well, quite a while. Okay, a little time, but not like yeah. you're not a lifer. You haven't. Been I am there. not. No, and you know what's funny about Denver? It's uh, not very many people are. It's a transplant city. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to be in northern Colorado, like Fort Collins area. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but uh, we share a love of the 80s, and that's why I contacted you. So, when did this love affair of the 80s begin for you? Well, I mean, I was born in the 80s, so I guess in 1981. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I guess I always, so you'd think I'd be more into the 90s, which I like 90s stuff too, but I grew up watching a lot of these, you know, these movies that we all cherish now. It was just a different time for movies and TV, and it seemed like a simpler time or just because I was a kid, there were less worries, but I just love revisiting uh, these old movies. And I can remember watching movies when I was very young um, that were probably not appropriate for me to watch, but I enjoyed <laughs> them. Here. Yeah. <laughs> and I probably saw the edited, the edited version of many of them on TV, but you know, the old VHS taped from TV copy, we had a 
those Memorex um, yeah. VHS storage cases. We had those. So it just, you know, it's nostalgia, that sweet spot. So how about you? Oh, I, uh, my dad is like a movie fanatic. And when we were growing up, I was born in 78. And when we were growing up, um, like mostly what we did was watch movies from the 80s. And my dad was good at finding like obscure movies that maybe weren't huge. So my repertoire for movies was just gigantic growing up. And I was watching literally everything. My dad was not really discerning about like if maybe I shouldn't watch this or not. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> right? So I'm watching slasher films, comedies, I mean, everything under the sun. And uh, so we were big movie quote machines. Like, and my mm. brother and I still quote a lot of 80s movies when we talk to each other. And so I think it's just something about that decade. And I'm not sure if like people talk about movies and things like that from the 70s and 60s. I don't know. I mean, I certainly don't talk about the 90s that way. I don't talk about the 90s that way. So what is it about the 80s? That's a good point. I I have two older sisters and we are similar. Although I don't really recall our parents being big movie buffs. It's just, yeah, I, I feel like it was a specific time in movie history where they were just kind of trying a lot of different things, a lot of different genres. Yeah. And you don't see the themes and just the, the a lot of it's ridiculous and we just accept <laughs> it. And I don't know, you. There, but I, I also, in my show, I, we cover the 80s and the 90s. And there's a, you can feel it in the 90s when we start talking about those movies. There's a very different feel. You can't get away with as much. Yeah. Meaning... Well, there's a lot of things about 80s movies that just don't play today. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't right. necessarily just mean that. Just, um, sure. Just, you know, I mean, I can, th- like, John Hughes was really big. I'm a big fan of John Hughes films. Um, now, somebody from the 60s or 70s might say that these movies weren't necessarily original ideas, but I think, especially now, there's a, big hole. There's a gap for, for independent thought in movies and it's all remakes. It's all CGI. And I think that's what makes me miss movies from the eighties so much is that it seems like they were more original ideas or somebody just wrote a story and it got made. It didn't have to be (laughs) like a big studio blockbuster. And now nothing gets made unless it's that seemingly, I don't know. Yeah. I feel similar to that. Actually, I was talking to a friend of mine every two weeks we uh we have this it's kind of a podcast within my podcast it's called arbiters of bad taste i love it i listen to it it's great i just yes yes, like 80s stuff you know and we related to a lot of different things and uh, it's funny watching a movie from the 80s like let's say you were 10 or something or eight and then you watch it again as adult you're like wow i missed a lot here oh (laughs) that's a lot i missed so much and i think maybe (laughs) you know parenting is probably very different than it was back then too but (laughs) I don't think uh, a lot just goes over your head as a kid. Yeah. So I guess that I don't think it was any big deal for me to watch an R-rated movie when I was eight no. because I no. what was inappropriate for me, I didn't understand anyway. Yeah. So I agree. And I think today's movies, it just feels like it's um, it's almost just like posting content. I've, I've said this to other mm. people. It, it feels like like anything comes out and it's just not original and like the quality feels low. But even like an 80s movie, which could be silly, 
there's often a lot of heart in those movies, a lot of really great storytelling wrapped around comedy and action and all those things. And now everything's a remake of a book uh, or of a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just not a lot of intelligent storytelling Agreed. going on. And I think that makes you pull back to, well, when was there really good kind of carefree, fun storytelling. And I think for the 80s too, this is another thing. I'm interested what you think about it is, it was kind of the time for like kid actors too. It's a big kid actor time. And that for kids is exciting, you know? As I can bet, I'm thinking a lot of teenagers, but you're probably right about the kid actors too. Even in TV shows, um, TV shows from the 80s. Yeah. So I don't know if it's because I'm an adult now, but- I don't think kid actors are very good anymore. No, I agree with that. Yeah, they're not. There's something missing in them. There is. I actually like very much enjoyed. Well, some are very bad. Um, for example, <laughs> the kid in Over the Top, terrible, yeah, terrible. Yeah. You so guys just bad. recently covered that. So but bad. He was bad. That's an exception, maybe, to the rule. But generally, yeah, kids and teenagers, and I don't like kids and teenagers in movies now I, it, like something changed i'm not sure i mean i know i'm an adult now but yeah uh it seemed more authentic maybe yeah it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint uh, maybe it's just a generation and stuff but there was um I just felt like the kids, I don't know, they were fun. Like, I could relate to the kids. Mm-hmm. Even when I watch it now, walk back, I'm like, oh, this, these are fun fun people. Agreed. And stuff like that. The kids were, like, really interesting, and they were funny. And, like, I mean, think about, like, like The Goonies, all right? What a oh, fun yeah. movie. Most humans have seen it. But the kids, and you re- you see the adults now, you're like, wow, Sean Astin. I remember, like, and then mm-hmm. James Brolin. You know, yep. as the big brother, and you're thinking, wow, they did such a good job in that. That same movie today is not good if it's cast by current kids. It's it's almost too over the top that how kids act today. Like I see what my daughter watches, and she's almost 12, and the okay. acting in these shows is so hyper over the top. It's like they're being fake. It's like they're being coached to be over the top children. Yes, that's that's a. I think you did pinpoint it a little bit, the way that they're coached to be. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I, I, it gives me an inauthentic feel, yeah. and I, and that makes me immediately not like it. I guess <laughs> I, just personally, I have a good like BS meter. I yeah. feel like I can, and and so anything that's inauthentic immediately gives me an ick. Yeah. You know, I feel the same way. Yeah. I, th- I honestly, I think that's what it is. It feels staged, just feels like over the top where I think a lot of 80s teenager kid actors, like they were just having a good time. Like yeah. it was, you know, like I remember like watching, um, oh my gosh, like Corey Haim. And, oh, the uh, Corey's. The Corey's, right? Like I was into all their movies. I know some mm-hmm. of it was really dumb, but like I would just like, I was really into those movies for some reason. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. You know, well, that's I mean, just the fact that there was the term the Corys, you know, that that seemingly doesn't happen anymore. And (laughs) I think we bred a lot of uh, I was going to say monsters, but maybe that's not the right word. Um, (laughs) You know, like I think a lot of these child actors from the 80s probably did grow up too soon. We learned they either suffered or still do from substance, substance abuse and um, 
you know, it seems like a lot of them died early River as well. Phoenix, you know, people like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Very difficult childhoods, it mm-hmm. seems like. But the acting was outstanding. But they it were great really actors. They were yeah. really good, actually. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like a movie, I'll, Stand By Me. How many great kid oh. actors were in that? I mean. Oh, Stand By Me. Yes. It's also funny that you talk about the kids because I liked a lot of the teenage movies like The Brat Pack. But, yeah. And yeah. they were all, well, not all of them, but when I rewatch movies from then, more so than any other time, it seems like someone playing a 16-year-old was like 30. Yeah. You know, yeah. they weren't actually <laughs> kids. <laughs> it just so I notice that now when I watch uh when I watch movies, I'm like, that guy, there's no way he's 18. You know, he no. looks like he's 35. Yeah. I think like if you grow up during that time, there's just something about high school in the eighties that was yes. portrayed, you know, or it was like 16 candles or the breakfast club. And it's just like, there's something. And I, I make my daughter watch all these movies. All what does them. she think about them? She loves them. She goes, there's something about this time that I think is really interesting. You know, I have to give you so much credit. I love hearing, um, I can always tell I'm like, you raise, you're raising her well because <laughs> she's 12, but you're introducing her to these. And I feel like a lot of kids, I wouldn't, I don't want to say most, but a lot of kids nowadays have zero, and they, there's something about it that isn't the flashy, overly produced, yeah. whatever they watch now. And so therefore they don't like it because it seems old or, yeah. or whatnot. And, and that bums me out that because I uh, remember watching old movies and appreciate if it was a good story, really appreciating right, it. Right. I recognize that it was old, and so you can only expect so much from it. But at any rate, I appreciate that you're you're introducing your your twelve year old to such classics. Oh, I mean, this started early at like three or four. <laughs> we were watching Ghostbusters, like all the. It was like her favorite movie forever. Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters, yeah, that's great. She just loved it. And like now she like whenever she goes, well, let's watch a movie together. It'll always be like an 80s movie. She always wants to watch an 80s movie. Really? Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. And I said, there's so much more to watch. Like I remember one of the one of the second or third movies we watched was it like Adventures in Babysitting. And yeah, to your point about kids, there were a lot with kids. That I'm was telling great. you, yeah, a lot of kid movies. <laughs> and so, don't tell uh, mom the babysitter's dead. Oh, we were big into that with yeah. Christina Applegate. Like we yeah. were all over that movie. You know, that might have been 1990 or 89. It's, it might yeah, it's close. It was on the yeah. edge, but it, mm-hmm. it kind of still retains some of that. Yeah, whole thing. And uh, man, just uh, I feel like that's just like movies were, and there wasn't a lot of sequels in the eighties, like a sequel was a big deal. If you it had was. a sequel, right. It was like back to the future, you know, Terminator type of thing. Like, but it was like a big deal to have a sequel. Everything's a sequel now. Everything. That's true. That's right. true. I remember Rocky. I'm a big, uh, I'm like one of the ultimate Rocky fans. Wow, me too. And I remember that getting made fun of because, <laughs> Oh, how many are there nowadays? You know, but now, I mean, there's, I don't know, 20 fast and furious. <laughs> Or something. So you're to your point about it wasn't it wasn't the norm to have a lot of and now yeah. if there's not a sequel, you wonder, oh, it must not have been good enough yeah. to get a sequel. It was funny you mentioned the Fast and Furious. Like, I'm not into this franchise, 
Um, and I was telling my wife the other day, I, I saw the trailer for the newest one. It's like the 10th one or something. And I said, you know what this feels like? A money grab. That's what this feels like. It feels so inauthentic. The actors literally look like they don't care. They're just like, this is a hit series. We're just taking advantage of it. That's it. You know? I I actually think it's rare to see a movie come out that is not a money grab. Yeah. In today's I agree. movie landscape, it seems. And only those are, you know, ones that don't make it to the theaters, really independent movies that no one hears about, therefore no one sees. Um, I yeah. think there was just a lot more small budget movies in the 80s. Yeah. And so people were willing to take risks, perhaps. Right. Yeah, I think so. You, you'll get like zany things like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and stuff like that. Oh, now that had a couple sequels, but that I yeah. I loved those. Yeah, yes. the original was amazing. I mm-hmm. really like that was another one I got my daughter hooked on, and she just thought it was so much fun, you know. And um, so I'm curious too, like beyond the movies, what is it that it's so funny? Like people have obsessions with the '80s, like they just love that. T- what is it about that time period that people go back and go, oh, "It's just like the best time." I'm curious if. So even someone who didn't grow up in the 80s, like someone, like a baby boomer, would they say that too, I wonder? Or is it just... Because, so for music, I think is that way. Kind of whatever your high school or college days, that seems like a lot of people, myself included, that seems to be my favorite. And I don't really enjoy current music yeah, nearly saying. as much. <laughs> um, so I feel like maybe that's just a, th- a thing of getting older, but there is something special and specific about eighties movies and TV. I will say, um, good point. Uh, I do think that to some degree it was pre-internet. The world literally mm-hmm. was a little bit simpler. Yeah. So it was modern enough because the vast majority of inventions have been, aside from the internet, we had phones, we had cars, we had all of that, but we just didn't have the internet. And so yeah. the trouble that comes from that wasn't this like harsh layered layer on top of it. What do you think? Have you put thought into it? I have. I've definitely, I am, I'm always about, I love digging deep on these things, um, you know, I think the 80s is going to be remembered as a very unique period in human history. I know somebody's going to laugh at me saying that. but I, No, I, I think you're right. You know, because I think it was, it was about excess. It was about excessive weird fashion. Um, it was about a lot of one-off uh, music. Um, some great bands, and there's some people you never heard of after one hit. There was incredible movies. Um, you know, the financial system was, is, it was an interesting conversation during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a level of freedom that is just, just, I think, and it's tied to the internet. Like you said, when you said that, I was like, that's it. Uh, I think there, there was this ability to kind of just ingest life and just be good with it. Like where yes. it was. And, and not go, oh, there's this turmoil of the 70s and all these movements and things going on in the 60s. And, you know, and then the more turmoil from the Internet and the time of the 90s wars and things. And then mm-hmm. the explosion of the Internet in the 2000s and beyond. It feels like it was just this 10-year period, some bleed over, you know, front and back. 
that yep. just felt it was like isolating in a positive way. And that it was just like, and there was also the time of the 80s. I think the safety factor was different in life. A lot of 80s kids grew up being outside all the time and not worrying about having fear about being outside. And, you know, your parents half the time had no clue where you were most of the time. You leave on your bike with the neighborhood kids and you come back when the streetlights come on or for dinner or whatnot. No cell phone. So no you're literally phone. gone all day and your parents <laughs> just trust she's alive. She'll, I mean, if she doesn't right. come back, maybe I'll worry. But it, And you know what? Statist- people will say, well, the world is more dangerous now. It's not. In fact, no, no. the 80s was the time of the serial killer that they were snatching <laughs> up kids. <laughs> you know? Yes. And I'm thinking like I was gone like 12 hours a day out of the house in the summertime. And I had no clue what my mom was up to. I know my dad was at work, and and I'm not sure what my mom was thinking about me during that time. I just know I showed up randomly later on and was She was probably glad to have you out of, you know, she could do her own thing. Both of my parents worked. um, But then, you know, on the weekends, you know, if they were around or in the evenings. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a parent, um, and I, I just have dogs, but I am so overprotective. I think there is something different now. I can't imagine having a human child. It would, I mean, how do you, I don't know how you're doing it. It <laughs> to, is, uh, are, you know, just like a constant worry. It's, uh, it's interesting. Like the things like I would never allow my daughter just to be gone for like 10, 12 hours. Like, I mean, like, I wonder where she is today. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, actually no parent does that because there's a huge stigma. Like, honestly, someone would call someone on you if they, if they knew you were doing that. So I think there was just kind of this group think among people that, Hey, this is okay. It was allowable. So I just think it was just this very small period in human history like this, that had all these levels of really interesting, different dynamics, all the way from economics down to raising children, to movies, to music, and we just, we can't recapture that. For some reason, we just cannot, rec- I don't know, I'm not sure we ever will. Uh, so, you know, the other thing I wanted to discuss was like favorite 80s movies here. All right, so we got to know like what's Katie's favorite 80s movies of all time. I should have, uh, I should have come prepared, eh? Uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, I don't think in this order, but definitely Breakfast Club. is in the top five and then gosh there's so many dirty dancing i mean this might be cheating but the rocky the 80s rockies rockies so three and four man uh i know i'm missing like a ton um oh Oh, no, that was 70s. I was going to say Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That might have been 1980 or 1979. Yeah, it was something close. Like that. on the line. Yeah. Um, Weird Science. Such I a love, great movie. Love Weird Science. Love it. Oh, um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, if I could just put all of the John Hughes, actually, <laughs> not all of them, but Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, Those are probably the big ones. And then I like mob movies a lot too, but that's a whole separate genre probably. What about you? What are some of your favorites? 
Uh, this is also very difficult for me because, like, I love so many of those movies. I was definitely a big Arnold Schwarzenegger guy. And, like, I love Commando. I was very into Commando. I Actually, don't I, love Commando. I don't know. I just love yeah. it. I don't know. It's like pure Arnold. Like, it's yeah, just like. Yeah. If you're an Arnold guy, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. I was very into Rambo. I, you know, this is a typical little boy stuff, like of course. <laughs> blowing up stuff. <laughs> I one of my dogs is named Rambo. Wow, so, a little yeah. John Rambo action there. Yeah, uh, I was really into that. But uh, like I said, Go- Goonies is probably up there for a lot of kids. But I love mm-hmm. that uh, Spaceballs. Very into Spaceballs, but I think really? that was a little bit later. Um, and I'm not a big fan of usually um, Mel Brooks stuff uh but i did i did like spaceball for some reason i liked a lot of stupid stuff yeah like yeah me i was I, like in, you know yes um and then um i i really liked i'm trying like i'm blanking on it here uh for it but i like this movie called like my science project again like obscure stuff it was pretty obscure um but i don't know like if dennis hopper that. was in it it was awesome it was like so okay. weird and funny. And then I loved Summer School too. I loved that movie. Uh, I go deep with this stuff, very deep. I don't know if I've seen Summer School, but there was a, a talking about obscure. I've actually tried to find it and I, I don't think it's made available for whatever reason, but we must have had it taped on VHS. Do you remember a show, a movie called, like, I don't know if this is the right title, Student Exchange? Where these two like geeky high schoolers decide to pretend that they are from like they somehow hijack the students that are coming once from coming from Italy Mm. and once coming from Paris, maybe. And so then in order to kind of have a fresh start in their high school, they pretend to be these people and then they're all popular. And then, of course, as as typical 80s fashion, they, they find out and it's a whole thing. Yeah, (laughs) that was funny. Heather's was a big one. I liked Heather's a lot. That's good. I really liked Crocodile Dundee. Oh, I just showed that to my daughter, literally, and she thought it was one of the better things. She was like, "Did she? Oh, I love Crocodile Dundee. (laughs) That makes me happy." (laughs) Um, let's see. I'm like, there's just too many. Actually, there are. I know. I even I was looking. Oh, yeah. So there's just too many. Yeah, there's too many. And I was very into like, uh, like I loved Aliens. And uh, yeah, I just, I think, I can't remember what year that was because I remember watching Alien and that was like in the 70s, I'm pretty sure. Um, but Aliens. Okay. Uh, was that the man, sequel? That was the sequel. Okay. And I was like, again, I, like blowing up stuff. I was like really into things blowing up. But I always was like a big, like right now I'm a huge sci-fi fan. My, that was my dad's thing is sci-fi. And I was like massively into sci-fi and still am. So like I love 80s sci-fi. But actually I kind of like sci-fi even more now because it's somewhat a little more cerebral sometimes. Okay. It can be. when it, Like I loved Arrival when it came out because I thought it was very cerebral sci-fi type of thing. It was emotional. Whereas a lot of the 80s sci-fi was like just blowing shit up. And yeah, like- <laughs> yeah. You know, sci-fi is um, maybe because I'm a girl – but I, I, it's probably my least favorite genre. Not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is it? Why not? What, what, what about it? I don't know. I just, it's not of interest. Nor is fantasy. Yeah. Um, like you can't pay me to watch a Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't like that. Interesting. At all. What, yeah. What is it though? Like, is like something just you just don't find I, it interesting? I think it's boring somehow. I, it's not okay. enough story. I don't know. I'm sure. Obviously, someone who's into it will argue yeah. that. But I just like with Lord of the Rings, it seemed like the same scene over and over, <laughs> just with a different backdrop. I get that. You know, I can get so I was that. like, this is boring. Yeah. But. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I actually do like those. I never got into Harry Potter. I was mm -hmm. like, eh, it's not my thing. But I, I did like Lord of the Rings. But see, I didn't ever like when something becomes like too many sequels. Yeah. I have a real problem with that. It's kind of like, you know, now a lot of the, um, like, there's a lot of great 80s TV shows too. That's mm -hmm. a whole nother thing. Oh, oh, right? sitcoms. That's sitcoms? my jam. I like, love There's a, a whole great level of sitcoms, but like now they're streaming. Mm -hmm. shows and and uh like if something goes on too many seasons i just stop watching it like i'm like mm, uh, just can we wrap this up like yeah. i'm kind of a wrap it up person like if it's not done after three seasons i'm just kind of done with it <laughs> like i i like something a little more than three seasons but if i agree if it goes for too many they jump the shark so to speak yes it seems yeah you can but, tell it's for money at some point. You could just yeah. be like, oh, this is they're just trying to keep this alive for the ratings of money. The know? Goldbergs was a great show a for show. both nostalgia. So it was set yeah. in the eighties. So we get that taste of nostalgia. And I think I I mean that's one where I stopped watching it. It gone it went on, I don't know, maybe it's still on, but it went <laughs> on a little too a little too long. <laughs> Yeah, like Stranger Things is like the throwback to the 80s, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, and I loved the first couple of seasons, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done here. I was like, I've had enough 80s. <laughs> and it was just like, I don't know, it was different, but I think that uh, even like 80s sitcoms had like a different feel to them and kind of the family ties type of thing. And, um, you know, My Two Dads, that was great. They I'm did. So into that. And because I'm a, it's interesting. I was trying to put my finger on it. So I don't know. Have you seen the Upshaws with Mike Epps and? Um, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Tootie, what's her name? Tootie Kimberly from Fields, like Kim Fields. Yeah, they're pretty good at it. And Wanda Sykes, and I really like them. Yeah. But again, like like the kids in it, I don't know. It's a little too. There's something too glossy or something about it because it's a family sitcom as well. But it doesn't have the same feel as the eighties ones do. Yeah. The glossy thing is I think a good comment. It's just a product of the time of this um, kind of curated experience. Like these kids are very kind of put together, very glossy, very like worldly. Yeah. And you know, like eighties kids are fairly dumb. Like, you know, just kind of, <laughs> just kind of like. Well, and even the sets and the costuming I appreciate when somebody wears the same shirt twice right, in a right. show or like you can see like this is this character's wardrobe and the house isn't perfect. It's not yes. like a staged home. Yes. It seemed like a real lived in average family yes. and everything seems a little too perfect now. That's a good point. I mean, and it's also like if you have kids, your kids love to wear the same outfit every day. So you have to like force them to wear other things. Like, it's like a real thing. So it's like, okay, like, I could see the kid wearing, like, the same, like you said, same shirt days on in or same sweater or jacket. Mm -hmm. And I just think, like, nothing's that clean. Like, it's, especially when you have kids, it's very difficult to keep a very nice, clean home. 
Uh, so like if you're like on a, a sitcom now, it's like, I don't think so. Like that's yeah. not normal. Um, it's one of the reasons I love the show Roseanne partially because of its oh, realism. Man. Yeah. And they wore the same outfits. Their house was just normal. Um, and I brought this up, but it, it was a progressive show back then. Yeah. Um, she's a strange person. Well, now, it's gone but, strange. It's gone yeah. very bad. Let's just yeah. put it though. It's gone weird. But, know. but in the eighties, it was a kind of revolutionary show yeah. to show kind of a working class family. And I, yeah, I really, I think part of why I like it is because they seemed real and those kids weren't annoying. They just seemed <laughs> relatable, <laughs> I guess. Right. The angstiness of teenage years, you know, the little kid and the stuff little kids get into mm -hmm. and, and the arguments and the fights. It's like, man. And I think that's kind of what people love about the eighties. It's just felt real. Whereas now yeah. I think there's a projection of that families are perfect and that, well, we're not going to show you the difficult side. Yeah. Of good life. point. Good you point. Know, we're not going to do that with you. And, and they show parents making mistakes. Yeah. You know, now yes. it's, uh, you know, you, there's, I feel like there's just so much pressure on parents to be so yeah. accepting of everything and anything. And I don't know how realistic that is, you know, like a child yeah. has a problem and sometimes a parent will make a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was I, a lot of the eighties. A lot of the parents were like, like what, what's happening in my life here? Like, it's like your kids are all over the place and stuff. And you know, you would see like, um, a great movie. It's, it's, it's really on the edge. It's 1989, but parenthood, you know, it's going towards. I just listened to that episode Martin. actually. Oh. Yes. Mm -hmm. such a great movie, so much heart. But it, like, I, I really identify with that movie because I mean, everybody's known someone who's had, who's had those type of families, mm -hmm. you know, where like, there's so much drama and the drama between family members, the difficulty of growing up, you know, maybe the dad wasn't there for you. Like, it just felt like this is like, this is how people are growing up in different parts of all over the world, the United yeah. States, especially. And now it's like, let's not really talk about that. Like, let's let's present this family as very kind of well-to-do. They live in this really nice house. You know, we couldn't possibly have a show about a family in a trailer park. And if no. it is, it's on TLC and it's like extreme. It's overly extreme. Yes, yeah. good point. Don't even get me started about reality shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. It's like over, it's extreme levels that no one, is actually a very small percentage of population is actually doing these things. So it's just, it's all extremism. So I'm like, where's the like moderate aspect of life? Mm -hmm. here? I mean, it's like where a lot of people are living in that space. Why aren't you showing that? Like, Which is probably why the eighties were so beloved, yeah. right? Right. The, there's mass appeal to it and relatability. Yeah. So how do we get back to that? Maybe I not know, the 80s, but thinking. like on some level, how do we get back to some version of- Well, it does feel like we're we're kind of like bursting at the seams a little bit with, mm. I don't, you know, I think there's a, a big awareness about, you know, the, all the talk about AI and mm -hmm. all of the wonderful things that we get from that and the internet, but with every- uh, you know, whatever it's with, with great power comes great responsibility. And those things are being invented without the forethought of what could, you know, yeah. 
secondary um, issues that might come from that. Uh, you know, but people moving away from Twitter, like there's, there are conversations that yeah. I didn't think would ever happen, but I don't, I don't know, Darian. <laughs> well, I think extremism has a bubble and the bubble is bursting, maybe not quickly, but I think anytime you move so far in one direction societally, there's going to be a kickback at some point. You know, Which it feels like we're in that space we're in that right space. now, but I don't. Yeah. I can't envision the post bubble breaking. What that might right. look like. Well, what the problem is is that humans don't normally just come back to the center; they just swing to another version of extremism. <laughs> it's like it's, it's just like, hey, we went this way. Now it's like. You know, it's like, oh, I hate my smartphone. No smarts, no smartphone. Sierra, I'm You're right. in the woods. There are, yeah, I was <laughs> just going like... to say these, um, oh, what are they, like survivalist types? What, what's yeah. the word for it? Yeah, it's like you go all in or all out. All in. There's, yeah. Yeah, it's like, no, you couldn't possibly have some elements of all these things. It's like, forsake electronic stuff. Just go yeah. full on. It's like, whoa, whoa, let's take it easier. Like, yeah, like the the it's like a libertarian viewpoint. Yeah. Which isn't very realistic, you know. Yeah. No. Go off the grid, but you still need society. You still need society. You and you know, yeah. I know this this is the great thing about these podcasts. It goes into different things. It's mm -hmm. like I watched this great documentary series on HBO Max. I guess it's Max now. It's called The Anarchist. And it was all okay. about, and it's great. It's unbelievably good. And uh, it's just kind of like anarchy and, you know, proponents of it. But you realize very quickly, like outside of a, if it grows to like more than a hundred plus people, you yep. have to have rules and regulations. You cannot have, we're like everything decentralized. Like it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It like, doesn't. It sounds wonderful in theory. In theory. In theory, like, but it's in practice, it does not work it just at all. Doesn't. And you just see, and you see it coming. You're like, oh, this is going to fall apart. This is like so easy, like to predict. And so I think it's it's interesting. Like we're not going to swing back to the '80s, but and I'm not saying we should just go backwards. But I'm saying there were some things that actually were pretty good about that time. Mm -hmm. And you know, maybe some of those things would be interesting to have now. Not all of them. I mean, there's some music that I regret listening to. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's some really stupid songs. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day, you know. But, you know, but maybe they're kind of fun and like kind of, you know, oh, it was just a kickback, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for those times. But I still think there's a lot of fun. Like the 80s was fun to me. I felt like it was a lot of fun, at least as... I've my time during that time. And maybe yes. some adults felt very differently about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, but. Well, I do have a question uh, on that thread. So part of why I revisit watching 80s movies and they're super silly and I just accept that and therefore I enjoy re the rewatch. Yeah. Can you imagine, can you think of a, an 80s movie that you hadn't seen until you were an adult, but you it's hard to watch something that you, I guess where I'm going is, can you still enjoy it for what it is? Or is it hard to put yourself back in the eighties time mindset, I guess, when you're watching? Uh, no, I, I just enjoy it for what it is. Like, like, okay. For instance, like when I, I, I watch like revenge of the nerds, 
Mm-hmm. And that's I, I love that movie. Now there's lots of things in that movie that like maybe like now I'm like wow that that's probably not good. There's you know there are some parts that are now watching it. I'm like yeah that's hard to watch. But it's like eh. but yeah. you know what honestly I'm still laughing. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Like, <laughs> and and I think I agree. I guess uh, I have the same. I'm able to separate. Yeah. And not put today's lens on things. But what I guess I'm saying is, is there a movie that you had not seen originally in the eighties that you watch as an adult and are you, are you oh. still able to enjoy it in that way? That'd be, that's, a, that's the difference. Is that's what I'm difficult. To like that. I just hadn't seen at all in the eighties. And yeah. then I watched it now. That's a definite no. I mean, I, I like, it's very, very rare. If somebody says like you, you, you brought up something, you know, student exchange, I haven't watched it and I haven't watched it yet. I will watch it, but it's very difficult for me to like pinpoint something I didn't watch because I literally watch so much TV. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you, if you're able to find student exchange and watch it, let me know. I think it's one of those that's hard to find. The reason I wondered is because I, um, I had a conversation with my co-host from the Rocky show, Ryan, about big trouble in little China. Oh yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Which I've seen that a bazillion times. I Me remember too. that was one of my go-tos when I was yeah. a kid. And he hadn't seen it before. So he's watching it as a yeah. middle-aged man. And he did. we had very different experiences. He was <laughs> like, what the hell is going on in this movie? And I'm like, it's just part of it. Just go with it. Yeah. And, you know, so that's why I wondered if if you're able to, to kind of set yourself in a, an yeah. 80s mindset while watching, even if you haven't seen it before. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's, it, my dad literally was so obsessed with movies and he still is like, he would just show every movie to us and we just ate it alive. Like, and we just kept watching and watching. So I, I would think it'd be difficult for me to watch something that I hadn't seen because I've seen most of it. But even <laughs> if I saw it, honestly, I would probably just recognize like, okay, yeah, this was the eighties, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think I would, I don't think currently I could be wrong that I would have this huge offense to it. I just think, well, that's, you know, that's just the time it was in. Yeah. And people, I think people need to recognize that people are very different. Like you'd like to tell yourself I would be different during that time. Actually, you probably wouldn't be. Actually, how could you say that? You don't know. Like, if you you know, how would you know if you'd be like that? During that that's time? a good point. I, in some ways, you're like, well, I probably would have, because I can say now, there are certain things that I see as so obvious. Sure. And and I'm like, you know, I'm like, a hundred years from now, we're going to look back on this time and be like, why did we do that? Yeah. But not necessarily the offense piece, just that the the feel and the theme of '80s movies, yeah, is so different than yeah. it is now that, yeah. I enjoy it. It's a blast from the past for me. Yes. But, you know, so I love that your daughter's watching it because someone who didn't grow up in that time watching it might <laughs> be like, this seems odd, you know? <laughs> I think she just likes the fun. Yeah. And it's just what I liked. I just think it was so much fun. And also, a lot of those movies were like 90 minutes. All right. I didn't have to spend like they three were. hours. So that was that's another huge component of those movies, I feel. They were Good very point. quick to watch, get in, get out. The plot moved quickly. And, you know, this, yeah, that means there wasn't a huge amount of development sometimes. 
with the characters, but also they didn't spend a lot of time making you like understand this person's history and background. They're like, just assume this is what happened. This kid's going to school. He doesn't have a ride, you know, something like that. Yeah, there is a lot of just go with it. Just, just go, go, just with, go it. with it. You know, just and I actually now, really appreciate that. I do, too. And I actually am not opposed to a long movie, but a comedy. So a lot of these fun 80s movies yeah. are action adventure or they're yeah. comedies that you can have a quick pace, 90 minutes yeah. works. Whereas, you know, a lot of the dramas does take a little bit longer right. to do sure. some character development. Sure. But yeah, 80s are full of cheaply made, <laughs> but but pretty well written yes. Yes. comedies. And yes. yeah. And I find it very difficult to find a good comedy that I like these days because I feel like the comedy these days is often like, it just feels very forced, the comedy. And I'm just like, uh, I kind of see this coming. I know where this mm. is going. It hits you and, over the head with it sort of yeah, thing, Yeah, just mean? too obvious. Yeah. And um, it's often done by huge, huge stars. Mm-hmm. And, and it just feels like it just feels fake to me. I don't like, I don't feel this person's actually this funny. Or, or the funniness is like, it's, I don't know how to say, it's kind of like deadpan all the time or it's like yeah. just over the I'm watching it I'm like I know you're gonna say that like I, come on like it's yeah it's like where's the subtlety I feel like there was yeah. a lot more subtle yeah like little nuanced jabs or yeah a lot of one-liners maybe a lot of one-liners yeah. yes <laughs> yeah that you just there's just like a song you know if you heard a song and you just can't stop hearing it and that was a lot of the movies. That's why I remembered a lot of the quotes because I couldn't stop hearing these one-liners. It was just I'll be constant. back. I'll yeah. be back. Yeah. You know, I'd watch, you know, Running Man or something. I think it was in the nineties, but just like, what happened to Buzzsaw? He had to split. You know, it's like it's just yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just like I don't know. It was just you know, you were watching Die Hard or something from the past. It's like it just is like yippee ki yay, motherfucker. You know, it's just like all these things. And it just felt like the sets were real. There was actually stunt people doing stuff. Oh, like somebody stunt was getting people. hurt. Yes. Now it's like, okay, this is so CGI, so fake. Like, I want to know that they're cold. I want to see them be cold, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not existing so much. Agreed. There's all these stories of the, the those action guys, Stallone and Schwarzenegger, and the the things that they endured. Yeah to film a certain scene and and that make that endears me to it more. Right. Yeah, most definitely. Man, this is uh this is awesome. I could go on forever about this, Katie. I 80s, mean, this, right? I mean, literally the 80s is nonstop amazingness for that. Thank you so much for uh just a fun conversation. Well, thank 80s. you so much for having me on. I very much enjoy your show. It's thank smart you. and thoughtful and engaging. So, well, I'm I'm I feel privileged uh, Thank to be Thank you on. so much. Well, at least tell everybody about how they can check out Retro Made and get more of their 80s fix. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if speaking of, if you like 80s, I have a nice nostalgic trip down memory lane for you. My show's called Retro Made, your pop culture rewind. And we have themed seasons. So the first season, uh, the theme is Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze, our ultimate everyman. Next season will be something entirely different. <laughs> but- I cover a movie, uh, and then whatever time that movie came out, you know, May of 1985, we talk. I throw in pop culture events 
music, TV, all of the things that were going on at that time. So it's kind of a half and half show. So, and then, you know, I have guests uh, on as well. So that's kind of a, a fun show if you like 80s and 90s. So Retromade, yeah. uh, it's on YouTube as well as, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like Rocky, I also co-host a Rocky series podcast called One More Round, also on YouTube and wherever you find podcasts. Lovely. Katie, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be in touch. Awesome. Thank you. And have a safe and, and happy move to Colorado. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.